This is the Savvy Social Podcast, a show all about how to build profitable communities online through simple and fun social media solutions. I'm your host, Andrea Jones, and this show is brought to you by Social Report. Social Report is the world's most complete social media management tool, and it's my tool of choice when it comes to everything scheduling, managing, and reporting myself and my clients' social media accounts. Try it out for yourself for free for 30 days by clicking the link in the show notes or in the description, or heading on over to socialreport.com. Now, this episode is trying a lot of new things. I've been talking lately about how I like to try new things, and uh, so this episode uh, is recorded on YouTube as well as on your favorite podcasting app, so that's fun. Also trying some new things with the intro, the outro, all of that good stuff. I gave my podcast editor, Travis, at Podcast Buddy, a break. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm really excited to dive into this episode. It's actually a Q&A episode. So I reached out to my audience on LinkedIn and in our Facebook group. So on LinkedIn, I'm at Online Drea. You can find me that way or just by searching my name. Um, and then we have a Facebook group. It's called The Savvy Social Crew. C-R-E-W. You can uh, just find us by searching for Savvy Social Crew, or you can go to SavvySocialCrew.com. That will redirect you to the group. Uh, But I asked a question both on LinkedIn and in the group about networking and what questions people had about networking on social media. And so I'm going to take a moment to answer those questions in today's episode. Now, networking on social media is a lot like networking in real life. And I feel like that's easy for me to say because I met my husband through networking on social media. So for those of you who don't know, uh, my husband, Brent Jones, um, I met him uh, through social media. We made YouTube videos. This was back in 2013. Uh, We were both making YouTube videos. I was making YouTube videos about, well, nothing really, just my life and my five seconds of fame there, and uh, he was making comedy rant videos, and uh, so I was watching his channel, I thought he was hilarious, I was commenting on his videos, he was commenting on my videos, and then we kept talking, we decided to work together on a video, which I was doing with quite a few other YouTubers at the time. Anyways, long story short, we've been happily married for five years, but we met on YouTube, which is wild, and we met through networking. So I find for me, actually, as an introvert, that networking on social media is a great way to put myself out there, but in a controlled manner. So if I'm feeling particularly shy or that sort of thing, I can take my time and think of a response, Um, but I can also do it on my own time, on my own terms. I find that if we're out in the real world, it can be a lot harder because you have to instantly respond to what people say and... That's not a strength of mine. I'm even looking at my notes as I'm recording this podcast. So long story short, networking on social media is great, and we actually need people to do what we do. So we need to rely on people in order to build our businesses. Whether you have a business that is to consumers or to other business owners, you are connecting with individual people. So just keep that in mind as we go through our questions in today's episode. Okay, first question comes from Susan, uh, Sue, in our Facebook group. She says, how to network? How do I network in a way that isn't icky? And how do I get the most out of my networking 
time. So we have a question about time later, which we'll kind of get into that more specifically. So I'm going to answer the first question first, um, which is how to not feel icky. And I think if you approach it from that people first perspective, it does help with that ick factor. So don't be spammy. Don't just run up to someone and say, hey, blah, this is what I do. I feel like that's where the ickiness comes from. The ickiness comes from the idea that we're business owners or we're creators and we have an amazing thing that we want to share with people. It's awesome. Your podcast, your YouTube videos, your, your products, your services, your offer, all of it is amazing. We created these things and we really want to share it with people. But what we need to remember is that this is these are people, so this is a lot like meeting a friend for the first time. So before they're your friend, when you first meet someone, you don't run up to them and go, we're best friends. That would be a little odd. I mean, I guess it could work for some people. But friendships actually happen very organically and naturally over time. Not every single person you meet becomes a friend, and there's different levels of your relationship. Some friends can be very casual, and some friends can be your bestie. There's a range, a wide range of options in between there. So it so it uh, takes time to kind of go through all of those things. So don't be afraid to uh, like sit in that time a little bit and be patient. So here are a few things that you need to keep in mind when you're starting a network and you don't want to be icky. The first thing is to understand the needs, wants, and desires of your ideal customer. So if you can understand what they want, that makes it a lot easier. I'm reading a book right now called Story Brand by Donald Miller. Donald Miller. And he talks a lot about making your customer the hero of the story. So oftentimes we start with us. We say, I made this amazing thing. But if we can think more about that other person, why they would be interested in this, why would they even care about this, how does this impact them? That makes the networking a lot easier. So you're not running into it like me, 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 me. You're coming into it from a perspective of, okay, uh, let me understand how this can even help them first. Okay, so if you understand that, the conversation's totally different. You're not charging right out the gate talking about yourself. You're asking questions about them. Also, you want to make sure that you're hanging out where your ideal customer is hanging out. So I say that in the sense of find out where they are on the individual platforms. I don't mean platform specific. I'm a huge believer that whether you're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, you can find your people. Okay? So the platform is not as important as figuring out where people are on those platforms. Now, I know a little caveat, there are certain types of people that hang out on specific platforms, one versus the other, and that's great. But just like a total side note, if you hate Instagram, but you know your ideal clients on there, how often are you going to use it? Probably never because you hate it. So, But if you love LinkedIn, I promise you, you can find your people there too. Okay. So figure out where they're hanging out, where they spend their time, whether it's groups, and we'll talk about Facebook groups later. But those tips apply to LinkedIn groups, whether it's specific hashtags, whether it's uh, another celebrity's account, and we'll talk about that later as well. Um, figure out where they hang out 
and then get to know them, okay? This isn't about you, it's about them. And if you put them, that customer, that potential podcast listener, that potential video watcher, if you put them as the hero of your story, you're making it a lot easier for you to then take it to the next level. If they if you if you talk to them, you figure out what they like, what they don't like, what they need, if what you offer fills a need, then it's a very natural next step. And I'll give you a story uh, that happened to me recently. I had someone reach out to me via email. I'm not going to say her name because I don't know if she wants me to tell this story, but she gave me like the best pitch in an email I'd ever seen. And she was very um, friendly and she had done her research. She had listened to the podcast. She said she listened to the podcast. She's like pulled specific things from that. Um, she was already following me on Instagram, so her name was already familiar to me. And I think we're in another group together because I feel like I know her from somewhere already. And she's very flattering. She started her email by saying that she was a fangirl of everything that I do. And then she asked me if we could work together somehow. And for me, that was an instant yes, at least to have the conversation with her, right? So for me, it was, you know, hey, I'm flattered by this email. Let's hop on a call and talk about it further. So I think that when you approach your marketing and your networking from the perspective of how can you connect with the other person, that makes it a lot easier. All right, next question here is from Joy in the Facebook group, Joy Voltaire. Joy says, what are the most effective ways to network within Facebook groups? She's speaking um, mostly about business groups, and she has a note here about what types of interactions and engagement she should be doing. So, Joy, thanks for the question. Um, One thing I would recommend is make sure that you're in the right group. Um, some Facebook groups are better than others for this, and it really you really want to make sure you're hanging out, like I mentioned earlier, where your ideal person is hanging out and spending their time, okay? So make sure you're in the right group. Uh, make sure that it's active. There's a lot of people posting, that sort of thing. Um, and then create a habit for participation. So make sure it's a, a regular habit where you're going in and you're commenting and sharing your knowledge on other people's posts, okay? You're commenting, you're sharing your knowledge on other people's posts. So I'll give an example. Um, I took Amy Porterfield's List Builders Lab, and so I'm in her insiders group, and sometimes people ask questions about social media, or even if they're asking a question about podcasting or webinars. I've done all of those things before. So it's easy for me to share my two cents. Uh, Another group that I'm in where I contribute as much as I can is the Teachable group. So the Savvy Social School is hosted on a platform called Teachable, which is a course creators uh, hosting platform where all of my courses live. Um, And so in that group, sometimes people ask questions about how you have your course set up. And I'm always in there trying to be as helpful as I can. And the key here is being helpful. You're not being spammy. I'm not saying that I'm a social media manager. You have to book a consultation with me in order to get an answer to this question. I'm genuinely being helpful. And I think that's really important as you're going through these groups. Another thing that's important is to make sure that your profile, your personal profile, 
has information on what you do. And make sure to check your settings because there are certain privacy settings that you probably set up when you first created your account. And if you have it locked down, people may not be able to see a lot of information about you. So open up those settings. I like to have mine um, it's almost completely open. Some posts I only share to friends and family, but most of my posts are public. Um, so I'm making sure that on my personal profile, it says where I work, it has a link to my website, it has links to what I do, and that I occasionally post work updates, okay? So you got to be a little bit careful here because Facebook doesn't really want you to uh, use your personal account for business purposes, uh, like marketing your business, specifically through your personal account. So how I get around that is I share updates. So for example, um, I guess this was two podcast episodes ago now, I had uh, celebrated our one-year podcasting anniversary. So of course I'm going to share that on my personal page as well. It's an announcement. It's an exciting kind of milestone. And so it was easy to share. Um, I'm not sharing little things like savvy social school updates or every single podcast episode or things like that. I kind of keep it to the milestones, okay? But make sure you have um, the details on your personal account fully laid out because you're playing into people's curiosity. You're playing into that um, uh, interest that you've sparked in someone by being helpful. So make sure that you're being very open-minded about where these things can take you. Most people in Facebook groups are lurkers. Lurker is an internet term for people who like reading and looking and they never actually interact with the post. They never like it. They never comment on it. They never post their own things. And so you want to make sure that those people, which is actually the majority of the people, are seeing your posts as well. And they do see them. And they'll see your name pop up maybe a few times. They'll get curious. They'll click over to your personal profile. And that's where the power is. Because if you have some sort of call to action linked to your website, other social media handles there, then they can go check you out and get further into your world. Uh, last note on Facebook groups is that you do want to post your own content, but really spread it out, okay? So if you have shared your knowledge 10 times, then it's a good time to make a post. But I would really only create your own content when you have a question yourself and you want people to get feedback. Um, or if you are celebrating something, so um, your one-year podcast anniversary, I'll use that as an example again, or um, you had an achievement in your business or some, some reason to share in that group. Um, I see a lot of times people post um, kind of like almost mini blog posts. And me personally, I can see that from mile away. It's almost like they want people to know what they do and they're kind of bragging about themselves a little bit and they do it often, and you see them posting in several groups. For me, it doesn't work. Um, it depends on where you are. I think some, maybe I'm just in the marketing space, and I see it too much, but I would just stay away from those types of posts. Just be helpful. Okay, next question here comes from Parvathi, Parvathi Nair on LinkedIn. So Parvathi says, it would be great to know the etiquette around networking on social media. I feel like people have a good grasp on how to connect with others over LinkedIn uh, rather than other social media platforms, which could be a little tricky. Should you be formal, not to be, and such? Thank you for the question. 
Um, and I think that it really depends on your brand and the core values. Some brands are more formal, some are not. And if you are your brand, which a lot of the people who listen to this show or who watch my videos on YouTube, they're, they're personality brands, so they're really driven by their, their what they do. I think that is based on your personality. And that should shine through whether you are on LinkedIn or not. And I'll give a shout out to my friend Rachel K. Alvers, Rachel RKA for short, um, does these amazing videos and um, they're like funny comedy parody videos about marketing. And she was a little bit nervous about posting them on LinkedIn. She asked me a little bit about it um, and I was like, go for it. I think it'll be fun. And she's actually like, I follow her on LinkedIn <laughs> there too and they're getting a great response and I think that's because people think that LinkedIn supposed to be like buttoned up and formal and I think that it actually is an opportunity for a lot of fun. I mean again we're talking to people here and most people like a little bit of fun, a little bit of humor. So again whether you're formal or not really depends on you and your brand and I think you can take that same personality from LinkedIn to other platforms. Okay so it's not about people like getting people to like you personally it's about people getting to understand your brand and to respect it as a legitimate thing and so that kind of presence that you're putting out there really depends on the foundations of your brand so um as you're kind of building that out it's kind of like a little bit of a personal decision uh but also I think if a little bit of fun never hurt anybody um now as far as networking goes on other platforms, I think it's very similar no matter what platform you're on. Um, you want to make sure that you have a point of connection with someone. So what do I mean by that? I mean that you have a way to start a conversation with them. You have a reason to be talking with them. If you can't find a reason, don't say anything. Right? So I have a few that I like to pull out of my pocket. One of them is that I went to Georgia State University, graduated with my bachelor's degree in English literature. Boy, that is doing me a lot of good right now. But uh, I like to start conversations with people on LinkedIn who also went to Georgia State University. It's a connecting point. It's a point where we can go, oh, we have something in common. Uh, another example on Instagram is I will find another person who has very similar audience to what I would like, and I will actually go into their comments and start talking with other people. So let's say there's uh, Brene Brown, and she posts a quote, and people underneath say something about, oh boy, I was struggling with this in my business, and I'm glad I got it. I'm going to comment on their comment, okay? I'm going to respond to their comment, and it's like a cheeky little way to start a conversation with them, but now I have a connection point. We both love Brene Brown. Uh, I actually don't know if she's on Instagram, so I don't know if that's a great example or not, but um, anyways, we both have a connecting point. We both have something to talk about, and I'm playing into that curiosity again. So I would say one in out of one out of every five people will get curious and click over to my profile. So I want to make sure that my profile on Instagram has new posts. I want to make sure that the bio has a call to action. I want them to be able to get a sense of what I do just by looking. All of those things I want to make sure that they are on point. All right, next question comes from Michelle on LinkedIn. Michelle asks, if you have your own business, 
Should you have a different Instagram channel for your business or blend it with your personal feed? And I think this question actually goes really well with uh, Parvathy's question. Um, and so if we're talking about Instagram, you absolutely should have a business account. If you're using it for business, you should have a business account. That's different from posting personal things, which I'll talk about in a sec. But business accounts um, is, is a setting you have to turn on. Okay, and I think now if you create your account, it actually asks you if you want to have a business account or not. And this allows you to have insights and analytics on your account. So you can see how many impressions a post got, how many people clicked over from a post, how many people viewed your stories, how many people swiped up, all of these things that you need to analyze what's working and what's not, very important to growing your business, okay? So yes, you want a business account. And I would also say... Um, the business account, you can run ads and things like that. So it's it's very useful. Now, the question about posting personal updates on a business account is kind of up to you. So I mentioned that a lot of our listeners and watchers on YouTube here are personal brands. So what that means is a lot of us are our businesses. So while I have, you know, some contractors who work with me, um, a lot of the business falls on my shoulders and I wear a lot of hats. And my personality is my business. So if you look at the online Drea brand, uh, it's very much focused on me and my personality. So you'll see pictures of me. You'll see um, things written in my voice, my style. I On my Instagram stories, I often share personal updates and in the feed too. And so it's very much my personality. Uh, my other brand, so I run a company called Social Media for Podcasts, which is really just a sub-niche of online Drea, uh, but socialmediaforpodcasts.com is not focused on me. It is more of an agency-style account. Our Instagram, our Twitter, our Facebook is in kind of a more formal um like brand voice. So we have a little bit of a distinct voice over there, very different from my personal voice. Um, and I'm not the only one posting. My team helps out with that, with managing all of that stuff. So it's, it's a little less personalized. Um, and so that I think those two would be a good example to look at. Okay, how do I create content that should I post personal or should I keep it formal? Um, Michelle, since I know you, I would say that I definitely think you should keep your personality involved because people will work for you with you based on that. So um, they'll usually work with individuals or contractors or things like that, even smaller teams, um, because they had a connection with someone. Um, and even in larger corporations, usually it's because they had a connection with a salesperson or they had a connection with the messaging. Um, so you don't necessarily have to um, blend in your personal things, um, but I would keep your presence there. If you want an example of this, um, check out the Life Coach School. Um, so the Life Coach School by Brooke Castillo, one of my clients. And um, what we do for her is we use, a, we use a lot of images of her and she doesn't touch social media and you can't guess it because we use a lot of her own words from her podcasts. Okay, so um, I think that could be a really good example of um, how to add personality without showing your personal 
life. So she's not, you know, taking pictures of her on a walk with her dogs um, and just saying on a walk with my dogs and posting it. That's not what we're doing. We're still using images of her, but we're connecting it to her message, her languaging, and the goals that we want people to do, like what actions we want them to take. Great question. All right. Last question here comes from Sarah Lockhart from the Facebook group. Sarah says, I loved your episode on how much time to spend on social media, but I need to hear it again. I hear that. I know how to do it, but I feel like it's taking over my life. How can you network online, use your time effectively, and stop when you're done? What's the most effective use of your time? How can you set limits or boundaries? Because if you don't, it takes over. Yes, Sarah, yes, I hear that. And it's an ongoing practice. I like to think of it like working out. So if you want to get buff and you're going to go to the gym and lift weights, you could pick one Saturday and go and lift weights for five hours it'd probably be very painful, and it's not like that that one five-hour stint is going to get you the biggest muscles ever. Instead, a lot of weightlifters, I assume, I have no muscles, but a lot of weightlifters lift small repetitions regularly, and they focus on different areas, right? So, I want you to think of social media the same way. Um, This is actually better for you, better for your business, to block it off into small bite-sized chunks. No more than 30 minutes a day on networking, okay? If you're spending more than 30 minutes a day on networking, then you're cutting into other things you need to be doing in your business. Because let's face it, social media is just one part of the things you need to do for your business. It's not everything, So 30 minutes a day max. Most of my students, 10 to 15 minutes is like a good spot to hang out. And pick one platform if you're just starting out, Sarah. Pick one platform and have that be your focus. Okay, so what I've been doing lately is I've actually been timing myself. Um, Generally speaking, previous to this, I would actually do um, specific tasks. So I would say, I want to connect with five new people right now on Instagram. And then I take my time going through and find five people. And then once that was done, I move on to the next task. What I've been doing lately is actually just timing myself, which is what I recommend my students do. I'm going to spend 10 minutes and see how many new people I can find. Sometimes it's one, sometimes it's 10. So by that 10-minute chunk, I'm allowing myself to do that thing for 10 minutes and then move on to the next thing. So feel free to time yourself, Sarah. I'm playing around with different time tracking tools right now. I think I've landed on Toggle. Uh, That one's got a lot of uh, positive feedback. Um, But I think that that's really important. So I track my time. And then I also use uh, Asana to uh, make sure I'm staying on tasks with everything else that I have to do in my business. So this isn't just uh, social media networking is my entire job, right? There's a lot of things that go into running a business, but it's very important. So it's on my to-do list, and in Asana, you can set up a recurring task. So I have it recurring every day, every weekday. And so it's part of my tasks. So, you know, answering emails is on there. Checking social media is on there. Different tasks I have to do, like strategy for clients is on there. Bookkeeping is on there. Paying my staff. Actually, I don't have that one on there because they just email me (laughs) invoices. But I think you get the drift. I use Asana. I live in Asana. I follow that like it is my little black book. 
And you have to set that up for yourself so that you're not overdoing it. Now, you can still do extra, and I often do at the end of the night. I'm scrolling through Instagram again. That's all bonus, and usually that's for fun, so I'm looking for my friends to connect with them and that sort of thing, and that's fine. Okay, Sarah, so give yourself 30 minutes, time block it. Think of yourself as a weightlifter. You want to have repetitive good repetitive motion in order to build up those muscles and yes it'll be a journey it's you know be patient it takes time but it's so worth it all right so that's it for this episode I want to invite you to an upcoming webinar that where I go deeper into this very topic Um, so the webinar is called why your social media isn't growing and how you can change that today. It's going to be so much fun. We're going to really dive deep into how to find and connect with potential customers and clients online. So I kind of gave you the why in this podcast episode, and we're going to go deeper into in this webinar. It's going to be a one hour training on exactly how to find and connect with these people online. We're going to talk about the main mistake you're making, which is really hampering your growth. Um, We're going to talk about how to find the right people, people who would actually give you money for the things that you do. Um, And then I want to give you a time-saving system that I use for myself and my clients that we don't spend all day on social media. Hint, hint, I already gave you the tools, but in this webinar, I'm actually pulling back the curtain and I'm going to show you my asana and how everything is set up. So you can sign up for this by going to onlinedrea.com slash webinar. The link will be in the description of this video and in the show notes of this podcast. And yes, I will be talking about the Savvy Social School. So I'm taking some time to um, share the school because it's awesome. And it's gonna, um, I want to show you kind of what the back end looks like and talk about some of the upcoming features we have. So if you stick with me till the end, I've got like a little announcement about this school, but that It'll be like five minutes. The rest of the webinar is training and then there'll be a Q&A session at the end. So again, go to onlinedrad.com slash webinar and I'll see you there. Bye.